the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The RV Show USA. Hi, it's the RV Wingman, and welcome to today's podcast. Before we begin, make sure and download my latest free RV report. It'll save you thousands when buying or selling an RV and prevent you from being ripped off. My latest report is available now at freervreport.com. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. And welcome, everybody. Glad you could join us. Alan Warren here, the RV Wingman. Pull up a seat around my virtual campfire where we're sitting around talking about RVs and camping and just good old-fashioned fun with some of today's most popular RV influencers. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. This virtual campfire is brought to you by the RV Dealers I Trust Network. RV Dealers I have personally vetted. RV Dealers I Trust. I think you can trust them too. Check them out at RVDealersITrust.com. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. And welcome everybody to the country's only syndicated radio show about the RV lifestyle. And we cover it from soup to nuts. I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Glad you're riding along with us today. we got a great show for you. I'm going to tell you about it in just a sec. First, if you enjoy what you hear on today's program, and we hope you will, we have several ways for you to stay in touch with us. And the best place to learn more is on our website. There you'll be able to download our podcast, sign up and receive my weekly emails. You can view and download my most current free RV report. And that's on how to save money and not get ripped off when you're buying or selling an RV. And you can find a link to some of the most honorable and I think trustworthy RV dealers in the country. Actually, these are the RV dealers I trust. So yes, there's a lot on our website including how you can stay connected with us on Facebook. Again, if you like what you hear, check out our website at thervshowusa.com. Put it all together, thervshowusa.com. All right, coming up today, we're going to cover some RV safety tips with our friend Bob Zagami from the Camper Report Show over on YouTube. We'll introduce you to who is probably the world's biggest fan of one of the largest national parks in the country, and it is gorgeous. As the weather continues to cool, now is the perfect time to plan a trip to this very desolate, very beautiful area. And what's the deal with so many full-time RVers who seem to be calling full-time quits? It's happening, and the RV Odd Couple will give you their take, but first... Our friends from Endless RVing, MJ and Izzy, have some great info to share. Some RVing tips that just could save your life. 
So these are just general tips, nothing that we've made up. The, the knowledge is out there. It's just stuff that we found that uh, if we do ever find ourselves lost, which hopefully we won't, we have these tips that we would use and that also maybe you could use. So what's the first one? So the first one is hiking. Now, we love to go hiking. So many places you can easily get lost. So there's a number of things. You want to make sure that you always go prepared when you're hiking. You want to make sure you have, well, water is important. You want to have a cell phone. Now, in terms of cell phone, if you don't have cell signal, uh, kind of out of yeah, luck. So well. But you can dial 911 without a SIM card, so keep that in mind. If you get lost, they always say to stay where you are. Don't try to find your way back because you'll probably wind up getting even more lost. So a little a couple more tips, and again, some of these are common sense. You want to make sure if you're going out alone, which some people do, but mm -hmm. try to travel in a group. If you're going out alone, you want to know where people need to know where you were, you were at. Like if you right. go missing, like where was the last place this person said they were going to be? That's pretty important. Regarding the cell phone, yes, if there's no signal, you're out of luck. However, if you're really out in the middle of nowhere and this is something that you do a lot, you might want to invest in a satellite phone. Satellite phones are will work as long as there's a shot of the sky. They're going to work. They're usually very expensive. The data plans are very expensive, but they're only used for emergencies. Right, so if that's something right. that you're doing a lot and you're really out in the backwoods, satellite phone may be a good idea. Right. Another thing to think about too is maybe bringing a small mirror. Right. If you are out in the middle of nowhere by yourself and you have a mirror and you can reflect, right, and kind of shoot up signals to planes, you kind of get what I'm saying there, right? And then there's kind of a universal signal of things in threes. So three, I'm not going to say, I mean, gunshots or three Air horn, horn beeps or yeah, anything like that. So three flashlight uh, flicks, right? So this way you'll be able to, it's almost like a Morse code or, you know, to kind of alert, but make sure you pause in between. So you would do one, two, three, pause and just repetitive like that to send out some sort of signal that hopefully somebody sees that you are in distress. Number two is to camp near the ocean. Couple things, you're in the ocean, you're parked, oh, I can't wait to do that. You go in the ocean, couple things just to keep in mind. If you get caught in a riptide, you always want to swim parallel. A lot of times people panic and they try to start swimming this way and that's the worst thing you can do because you can get sucked out to sea. Swim parallel to the current. I think before we even get into that, know your own abilities, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not a good, like if you were a good swimmer when you were eight and now you're 55 and you haven't swam since then, maybe not a good idea to go out like doing the breaststroke in the ocean. Kind of know your own abilities. Also a good idea is go out with somebody else, especially if there's no lifeguards or anything. Or just enjoy the water from yeah, the just RV. enjoy the water. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Another good thing to have, especially by the water, but really all the time, we have one in an RV, a NOAA radio, right? A NOAA yes. radio will give you alerts, weather alerts, if there's some kind of dangerous weather in your area, whether that's a tornado, hurricane, tsunami. tsunami. So the next one uh, may save the life if you have pets or may actually save the life of your RV. When you leave your RV, if it is equipped with propane, shut the propane off. Now, it may save your life if you're going down the road. We highly suggest, guys, if you're going down the road, shut the propane off. Why? Because you can spring a leak in your propane, get into a crash, I don't know if you've ever seen propane. I don't want to suggest doing this test, but it's already happened. If you have a gas grill, close the top, turn the propane on, and let it go there for 5-10 seconds, and then light it up, and it's like, poof! Imagine that with a huge
huge, you know, 28-gallon propane tank leaking and then a spark hits, that could be a big problem. So we would suggest, and they actually told this to you in the, your RV inspector yeah. class, right? Yeah. When you're going down the road, shut the propane off. When you leave your RV, shut the propane and off. And bridges and tunnels don't allow Actually, it a lot anyways, of them don't so, even allow you know, it yeah. if you have to shut your propane off right. to even go through those tunnels and bridges. So the next one is choking if you're alone. Very scary, very scary. Unfortunately, you know, you'll read online, like you can bend over a chair and things like that. And that don't perform, work. Like, you know, Heimlich, Heimlich works if, if like somebody somebody's doing it on right. you, yeah. First thing you want to do, call 911, run outside, get off your RV. If you see camping neighbors, let them know that you're choking so at least they can come and try to assist you. Yeah, why do we tell you to go outside? Well, dial 911 and, and leave, it, leave on, it on, right? Yeah. Because what happens is if it is an unanswered to 911 call, the police, some somebody will get dispatched to your location. And actually, with 911 on your phone, they can see what your mm-hmm. location is. Right. More than likely, you're going to pass out. Mm-hmm. Well, you will if you're not getting air. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, help can get to you within those couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really your best chance. And, right. you know, and it's, a, it's a crappy situation, but right, that is right. your best chance for survival. All right, so the next one is uh, not really life-saving, but it could save you from a really bad day. It could save the life of your RV. It's going to be some additional traction now. This has already happened to us. So it's not going to work so much in mud, but it will work on maybe slippery conditions if you're out and about and you get caught in snow you know those times spring fall you never know so a couple things you can do you can keep some boards some extra boards some rubber pads that you can put under your tires motorhomes or rear-wheel drive just to give you enough traction to move if you sink in mud do not continue to spin your wheels because if you continue to spin your wheels you will sink more and more and it's not going to work another thing we would suggest a lot of people tow suvs or they tow pickups keep some tow straps even if you don't tow that keep tow straps because more than likely if you're at a campground somebody is going to have a heavy duty truck and if you have tow straps which we actually have they'll be able to tow you out how do we know this because <laughs> we got stuck in mud one time we don't have it on film but it did happen and we Very didn't have tow straps but our neighbor next Harry, door yes. did have tow straps and what's crazy is i carried tow straps in my ram we had our mustang didn't even think of it and i didn't have tow strap but they got us out they were great camping neighbors yeah listen it saved us they got us out quick and yes. it saved us probably well we have coach net but it was there's a lot of time waiting and if you didn't have coach net a lot of money to get you towed out the next one has to do with dogs this is um, a big problem with people 4.5 million people per year get bitten by dogs many well not many but a large number many they get you calls are fatal (laughs) right and yes many call uh, call us for training problem a lot of times is is that people don't know how to read dog body language people think I had dogs all my life by this and that dog body language can be very intricate and this is what we go to school for for years to study and this is the point I want to make here a wagging tail does not always mean that a dog is friendly you have there's all different kinds of wags if you see a wag and it's up and it looks like a flagpole and it's stiff and that kind of thing that is not good dogs can be barking and having stressful time and still be wagging their tail be very careful about judging what a dog looks like before you approach and here's my next thing don't approach a dog let the dog come to you okay just be very very careful when you're dealing with dogs and thinking that you know exactly what they're thinking because many times that's just not the case By the way, yes, MJ is a professional when it comes to dogs and dog training. And what she says about tails wagging is so true. Most dog owners know this. Those who don't own dogs need to realize it. 
And that's especially true when you're in a crowded campground with a lot of dogs that you may encounter. By the way, you can connect with MJ and Izzy, and we hope you will. Just look for Endless RVing on YouTube. Or you can find a link to them at our website, thervshowusa.com. Helping you to learn so you won't get burned. He's back on the radio again. And welcome back to the RV Show USA. I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. If you watch many of my YouTube videos all the way to the end, I often close by saying, be safe. Have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. Well, up now, we're going to be talking about being safe. Now, I know talking safety isn't very exciting, but it's one of those subjects I think we need to bring up from time to time. And our friend Bob Zagami from the Camper Report Show did just that when he sat down and visited with RV insider Chris Dougherty. Now, Chris has been around RVs for decades. His name is known throughout the industry. He's a technical guy who knows pretty much every aspect of the RV industry. Coming up, some of the things you'll hear are common sense. But remember what they say. Common sense isn't all that common anymore. Here are Bob Zagami and Chris Dougherty. Let's talk a little bit about safety and why it's so important for RVs. Absolutely, Bob. Well, it's, you, you make a great point there. Look, there's a lot of hazards no matter where you go or what you do in your life, right? So whether I'm in my house or I'm driving my car, I'm flying on an airplane, I'm at sea, whatever the deal is. Um, but we, uh, you know, tick that up a little bit in habitats that we sleep in, right? And so we have to remember that an RV is uh, a machine and it's a, a mobile habitat. And so as a result, uh, we really need to make sure that we're doing that as safely as possible. Uh, you know, RVing is very safe. There are not a lot of incidents that you hear about uh, out there, especially considering the number of RVs that are out on the road. But we can help prevent anything from happening or from having a bad outcome in the event of uh, an emergency if we uh, pay a little bit of attention to safety and to maintaining our RV. But I think I think you bring up a valid point, depending on which uh, study you want to see. We got about 12 million RVs on the road, and there are very few incidents. But it doesn't mean that it, you shouldn't have a game plan, that you shouldn't know what can happen, whether it's a blowout or uh, an accident, uh, different things like that. So what are mm-hmm. some of the things that consumers should be uniquely aware of? And in fact, train their own family, train their own friends that are that are in the RV. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So the first thing I, I like to start with is maintenance, right? Maintaining your RV properly. Uh, anytime that uh, you have malfunctions, you have problems that develop, uh, that increases the uh, possibility that you could have, um, you know, some kind of an emergency, whether it's a fire or flood, whatever the deal is. Uh, so maintain your detectors. That's a very big piece of that. So you're, uh, you have propane, you have carbon monoxide, you have smoke detectors in your RV. Make sure that they are up to date and that they are all functioning uh, normally. And they do have expiration dates. So make sure uh, that they are uh, all good and test them every week you are using your RV. That's very important. The next thing is to make sure that you have a good fire extinguisher on board. Uh, we do want to make sure about that. Uh, the latest uh, change to the uh, RV code is to have 
a um, uh, a little bit larger extinguisher uh, in the RV. And so, uh, and what I recommend is, you know, testing your extinguisher, making sure it's not expired, and then uh, also adding fire extinguishers in each living zone and maybe in an outside compartment, uh, which will allow you uh, a little bit of an opportunity to stop something early uh, or to be able to escape in the event of an emergency. The next thing is your emergency exits. So every RV does have uh, emergency exits, whether they are uh, windows, doors, or in the roof. So make sure that those all operate. You can operate all your emergency exits. So actually work the locks, open them up, and make sure that everybody who's staying in your RV knows how to operate those and use them in the event of an emergency. And then practice the same things that we teach in schools, you know, exit drills in the home, having a meeting place, uh, you know, on the outside of the RV in the event of an emergency. It's very important. Um, and uh, so if you keep uh, some of those things in mind, uh, it's really going to help out in the event of a, of, a, of a crisis. One other thing that we look at, too, is weather emergencies, right? So being in an RV is a uh, you're in a small habitat, a small vehicle. And as we've seen this year and we've seen, you know, we see every year, uh, when tornadoes strike uh, or even heavy straight line winds, um, uh, macro bursts, that type of thing, uh, is that they can pick up RVs and, and turn them around and, and do a lot of damage. So make sure that you're staying in touch with what's going on with the weather, right? So if you are in a place that does uh, that is susceptible to severe thunderstorms, severe storms like that, uh, know what your actions are going to be if a storm warning happens have a weather radio have a smartphone you know you got to make sure you have service for the smartphone to be able to alert you um and the same thing goes with the weather radio you have to be in in a good position to do that and know what to do uh if a tornado or uh or a thunderstorm should should strike staying in your rv isn't necessarily the best option really uh when you're looking at that and the same thing goes with uh, tropical storms, right? So we just started hurricane season. Uh, we have a storm in the um, uh, uh, in the Atlantic right now. Doesn't look like it's going to affect the U.S. straight away, but uh, you know we're we're bound to have a, a, a tropical system. Uh, so you want to get out of the way of that and uh, make sure that you're taking care of, and your RV gives you a good opportunity to load up and and get out of the way of the storm. Yeah. Have you noticed an uptick or do you see more promotions of the weather radios? They were popular years ago, but, mm -hmm. you know, the Internet does go down. And, you know, with the, the variety of weather uh, craziness in this country, uh, you'd be driving down the street and get one of those quick storms. In fact, we had, we had one down here in Florida last week that I guess it was a microburst. But it went over one town, and it went over just one building. It destroyed a $150,000 freezer outside a restaurant. Everything else was fine around it. That could have been an RV. It could have been something. So we, we can't take these thunder and lightning and flooding and, and hurricanes lightly anymore. And, and maybe more people should, in fact, travel with the weather radio. What do you see mm -hmm. from it? Uh, that perspective when you go through your training and when you talk to others in the industry itself? 
So, uh, yeah, weather radio, uh, a weather radio is an extra piece of hardware that people have to carry around with them. And, and to be clear, it's not 100% coverage, right? It is most of the United States has uh, has coverage, especially in areas that experience more severe weather than others or marine environments. Um, a lot of people have kind of stopped using that because they have the weather alerts through their smart devices, and that's great. You know, that does that certainly does work. But again, if you're going somewhere that is not going to have uh, connectivity, uh, try and try a weather radio. It's not they're, they're they're relatively inexpensive. Okay, you can buy them on Amazon. Sometimes I know down south in Florida, you go into a public supermarket and in hurricane season, they usually have some kind of a display of them or something like oh, yeah. that. Right. So we've yeah. seen that before. And so it's not a bad idea just to have one of those in your RV. It's lightweight. It's easy to plug in. They're also battery powered. So it gives you a little bit of that backup, um, you know, so that you can be notified. And don't forget to regular radio, right? So AM and FM radio. Um, and so, you know, we a lot of us don't use AM radio. We don't think about it. Some auto manufacturers were talking about pulling AM radio out of their vehicles, uh, what I say is, you know what, in the event of emergency, AM radio is the best transmission source uh, that we it, it have for the general public. The, yeah, it could be the lifeline. So my question for you is, how many of those things these guys just talked about have you never thought of before? That's what I thought. Now, how many of those things have you not yet done? Hmm. I think it goes back to the saying of, what does a mistake feel like? When you're talking RVs, the best way to prevent those mistakes is to get in front of them, starting with proper maintenance. If you want to be a smarter RVer, I recommend you pay attention to the Camper Report. It's a weekly show on YouTube where you'll learn a lot and get to know how the RV industry works a lot better. Now, before we hit the break, remember, we have a 24-hour voicemail box set up, and we love hearing from our listeners and viewers. Let us know how you think we're doing. The number, 1-330-946-4626, 1-330-946-4626. And make sure you add your name to our email list at thervshowusa.com. This is the RV Wingman, and I invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. It'll take you less than a minute to read, and it's a great way to stay connected around my virtual campfire. Add your name at thervshowusa.com. When it's time to buy an RV, I hope you'll check out the dealers in the RV Dealers I Trust Network. These are some of the best, most honest folks in the country to buy your RV from. They really are. Check them out at rvdealersitrust.com. So not long ago, I stumbled upon some content producers I really like. I mean, these guys are good. They're really good. They have a show, and it's been around for about 10 years or so. Who knew? It's done by a couple of fellows who are RVers, and they interview all kinds of interesting people. Up now, you'll not only meet the hosts of the Happy Camper Radio Show, Skip and Daniel, but we'll take you to the largest and arguably the most rugged national park in the lower 48 with a former park ranger who absolutely loves Death Valley. I don't think the National Park Service could find somebody with more knowledge and enthusiasm than Rose McHenry. 
We are so excited to have Rose McHenry back on the show today. Rose is a former California State Ranger and also a former U.S. National Park Ranger. She's wrote this fantastic book called Trip Tales, From Family Camping to Life as a Ranger. Rose, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Skip. Thank you, Daniel. I'm really happy to be back. Well, we're happy to have you back on the Happy Camper Radio Show. (laughs) Now, Rose, you were a park ranger at Death Valley National Park for a number of winters. Now, I'm not sure what the winters are like out there in California. I've never been there before. I know you get some brutal weather occasionally. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Death Valley National Park and uh, what what is it about this place that draws folks to that location? Well, I'll tell you, I loved working there because most people, when they think of the desert, they, they think of, you know, a barren, hot wasteland. And Death Valley is actually a stunningly gorgeous place with all these colorful rock canyons and striking mountain peaks reaching up to 10,000 feet, and spectacular vistas and golden canyons, sand dunes, and, and even hidden waterfalls. And there are literally endless hundreds of miles of trails. There's campgrounds. There's these back roads that are amazing. You can take jeeps on and there are hidden ghost towns to explore. The park is over 3 million acres. It's the largest national park in the lower 48 states. I mean, you could explore that park for years and never see it all. I've been going there all my life and I've never seen it all. So the park website is uh, www nps for national park service dot gov for government and then forward slash deva for death valley but if you just look up death valley google death valley you'll you'll get to the website and uh, my job was to greet park visitors at the visitor center to lead people on trail hikes to give evening programs and to do night sky talks and i just i loved every minute of being there my my okay now, what, what do the people enjoy most about Death Valley? Well, I'd say seeing the amazing geological wonders. I mean, there's roads that take people right into the heart of the park where they can see places like Artist's Palette, which is a canyon that's, that's filled with so much color. It looks like somebody splashed paint all over the place. It's, it's amazing color. And then Devil's Golf Course, a place that... The ground is so salt encrusted and crazy and uneven. You say only the devil could walk across it. <laughs> and then places like uh, Golden Canyon, which is a maze of different canyon walkways with a landscape so wacky. It was actually featured in Star Wars, in all the Star Wars movies. No kidding. And then there's Badwater. Yeah. A lot of movies were filmed at Death Valley. Okay. And uh, the Golden Canyon area and the Desolation Canyon area were the main places, and that's right near the heart of the park. Mm-hmm. And then there's Badwater, which is a salt flat that's over 300 feet below sea level, and that is set against the backdrop of Snow-Cap Telescope Peak, which rises over 10,000 feet above. And then there's a road up to a place called Dante's View, which gives a 360-degree vista where you can actually see for over 100 miles across six different mountain ranges. I mean, that view up there is just spectacular. You feel like you're looking out across the entire world. And then um, there are places where you can wander across sand dune fields, and you'll feel like you're, you're Lawrence of Arabia from the movie Lawrence of Arabia. 
and countless other breathtaking sites. I mean, people who go to the park are amazed just by the sheer natural wonder of it all. Now, how do you get to Death Valley? Is it very very accessible? I've never been to California before, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have not. But if they want to come out there, how would they arrive? Oh, it's it's beautiful. Your listeners should go there. It's just a, such a spectacular place. It's um, There's a lot of different roads into Death Valley. Um, it's in southeastern California, so it's right next to the Nevada border, about a two-hour drive west from Las Vegas. Or if you're coming up from the... Uh, Southern California, Los Angeles Basin, it's it's probably anywhere from three to four hours. And uh, if you're coming down from the Sacramento region, then it's it's probably a good nine-hour drive. But there are lots and lots of different ways to get there, depending on where you're starting from. So the best thing to do, what I recommend, is check the park website for the most current information, because severe weather can impact the different roads coming in and road closures can be in effect so a lot of different ways to get to the park just check the maps and check the road conditions okay now as a happy camper uh let's talk about accommodations here uh are there campgrounds there and are they basic do they offer full hookup great question there there are lots of different campgrounds and lodges um both in furnace creek which is the main hub of the park and also at nearby Stovepipe Wells, which is about a 30-minute drive um, to the west of there. Both villages offer lodging, camping, shops, restaurants, supplies, convenience stores, and gas. And there are also backcountry camps in the more remote areas for more adventurous travelers who like to crash and bash around in in their off-road rigs. We love doing that in our Jeep Wrangler. But um, the campgrounds, some of them offer full hookups, um, both at Stovepipe Wells and Furnace Creek. And it's best to call in advance and check and see uh, if you can reserve those. But sometimes some are available when you get there. And then there are lots of more basic uh, campsites that, that may not be full hookups, but they're, they're right near all of the nearby amenities where you can simply drive in and park your rig, and then you can walk over to you know shops and restaurants and things. So the park website lists the contact information for advanced reservations to make lodging and camping reservations. And the, and the lodges are, are, are very nice, okay. too. So, uh, yeah, I, I recommend calling ahead and, and checking and well, making a reservation if you can. What would you say is the best time of year to visit De- uh, Death Valley? I mean, my absolute favorite time honestly is is right after christmas when all the christmas crowds go away and before the president's day weekend people show up so january is is great because it's quiet it's calm it's cool the days run in the 60s people love i mean some people are crazy they love going there in the heat of summer just to be able to say that they were there when it was 125 degrees outside (laughs) these people race around from spot to spot in their air-conditioned cars, jump in and out all day like jackrabbits, hopping from spot to spot. And then they race back into their air-conditioned rooms or jump into the spring-fed hotel pools. But I really prefer to be there, you know, in the winter before it gets really hot, because then you've got bright sunny days and spectacular night skies. I like to be able to get out of my car and walk into canyons, stroll along creeks, hike into waterfalls, and visit all the ghost towns and mining camps that they have there, discover wildflowers and experience nature. So I I recommend going between November through April. Uh, Go any later than late April, and you're going to be running for shade.
Her name again is Rose McHenry. What an interesting guest. Isn't she great at describing Death Valley? I never imagined it would be so magical, I don't know, so mystical and awe-inspiring. If you're in Southern California or even maybe the Las Vegas area, it sounds like a trip to Death Valley would be well worth it. Even now, it sounds like your AC better be working. But as Rose said, from November through about April is generally the most comfortable time of year. And how about Skip and Daniel and their Happy Camper radio show? Pretty good, right? I hope you'll even subscribe to them. Check them out. Subscribe to them. I bet you're going to like it. You can find Happy Camper Radio on YouTube or connect with them through our website, thervshowusa.com. We are Izzy, MJ, Jason, and our dog, Sierra and Bowser, and we are Endless RVing. We release three to five videos per week on YouTube and are highly active on Instagram and Facebook as well. Our videos include our travels, DIY videos, RV tours, product reviews, and so much more. We invite you to come along on our journey with us. You know, MJ and Izzy are some of my favorite folks to follow in the RVing space. This husband-wife team, as MJ said, pretty much does it all. And no one works any harder at producing good content than they do. So yes, Endless RVing is one of my go-to favorites on YouTube, and I invite you to check them out. In the YouTube search bar, type in Endless RVing, or of course, you can link to them from our website at thervshowusa.com. Again, look for the link to MJ and Izzy and Endless RVing. Hey, it's the RV Wingman, and before we roll into our next segment, I want to invite you to join me around my virtual campfire on YouTube. That's right. The RV Show USA has a YouTube channel where you'll find the video version of today's radio show. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Now, before we get into the segment, you're invited to get on my email list. There's no spam. There's no ads. There's no affiliate links. I send out one email a week. It will take you less than 60 seconds to read. It's our way of staying connected with you. If you'd like to sign up, just go to thervshowusa.com. So up now is a segment that you may not want to hear, but you need to hear it. It's an explanation of why so many people seem to be giving up on RVing. And there are a lot of folks hanging it up. Our friends John and Mercedes talked about that very subject recently, and it's about some of the realities they see as to why so many people are giving up the RV lifestyle. Diehard RVers are stepping away, and there's a reason for this that nobody's talking about. Many of our friends, family, RV Odd Squad members who are now deciding to sell their RV, they just... They're too old, you know. People don't realize how much work it takes to RV full-time. We've helped thousands of people learn how to RV. Mm -hmm. But some of those people came in and didn't like it. Or some of those people came in and bought an RV that just broke all the time. And they they didn't properly plan. They didn't properly budget. They weren't ready for the RV lifestyle. And of course they're not ready if you're not paying attention to the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think RVing is fantastic for a phase of your life. But the reality is a lot of people get suckered into buying a 10000 20000 $50,000, RV, and they only use it twice a year. And if you do the math, that's horrible. 
The reality is there's a lot other easier ways to travel where you have housekeeping included and where you don't have to drive. The reality is that the driving absolutely sucks when it comes to RVing. Well, you never really drove at all. I enjoyed the driving. I enjoyed going to new places, but it was a lot of work. What little I have driven the RV is really stressful. And if you're going to sit here and say that you've never had days where after a long time... Oh, no. I've never said that. I mean, every day is a little bit different. I've had days where we drove too long, seven, eight hours. Our worst was 17 hours one day. That was stressful. But, but you are a good driver and you have had experience driving really long vehicles. Not everyone has the experience. So maybe they can uh, they can afford $100,000 in RV, but driving that much RV can be really, really stressful. Maybe you're talking about, again, a whole different set of different people. Yes, I was a contractor, so pulling trucks, pulling trailers wasn't an issue for me. Do you have to keep your head on a swivel a little bit more? Yeah, you got to pay super, super attention because it's not the driving, it's the stopping that you've got to pay close attention to. And when you're in the traffic jam, someone's always cutting in front of Maybe. you. Maybe. People fall in love with the dream of the grass is greener and once I buy an RV, life's going to be wonderful. And they jump in, they buy a 42 or a 43 or something. Now there's a 46 foot rig available. That's really long. That's a long, long That's rig. A lot. And if you if you don't have a CDL license or you've never pulled a trailer, you have no business doing that without some type of training. I truly believe in my heart that any rig that's over 30 30 feet, you should have to get some training or be licensed to drive that rig. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's too many people in the RV industry driving rigs that they're uncomfortable driving. They're a freaking mess. And by the time they get to where they wanted to go, they're stressed out and they want to sleep for two days. Yeah, because, and that's the other piece about <coughs> RVing that people don't talk about. The day before travel day is a boatload of work. And then travel day is basically a work day. And then the day you arrive, the setup, um, it's it's just a lot more work and, and also physically demanding as well. Yeah. And and maybe motorhomes are a little bit easier on the knees and the hips and the... I promise you, she had a really good time full-time no, RV. I did. She I... never drove, but maybe six or seven miles. No. To each his own, guys, there's some people that can really drive any size rig, and there's those who can't. And that shouldn't. I shouldn't. The point here is that you should get training if you're going to get a monster rig. If you've been driving a small Toyota or a Nissan for your whole life and Hondas. you think you're going to drive a buy a dually yeah. and then a 42-foot rig behind it, you should get proper training to do that. Yeah. Or at least practice in an open lot where nobody is around because it's not as easy as they make it sound. Yeah. The other piece that I don't think people realize is that RVing is very, very expensive. Now, yes, you can go potty in a bucket and you can live in a van down by the river and you can do it for a thousand dollars a month really cheap and very uncomfortable but if you want some of the creature comforts like electricity running water running warm water you know those things are going to cost a lot and it's a lot of work and a lot of expense to kind of live like you're homeless <laughs> you know I mean? too many people jump in buy an rv have no idea and have done none of their own research or more importantly been honest about what it's going to be like with them or their spouse their standard of living right you've got to be honest about how you want to live your life mercedes is right you could probably go out there and live on free land or uh, uh mooch dock uh, and spend no money but 
you've got to be clear on what your budget is to have a comfortable lifestyle when you're RVing. Exactly. And because we had kids and because I could, A dog. Yeah. And, and I knew that for me, I don't, I couldn't rough it long term. Right. Uh, and I think that's the piece too that does RVing give you options and flexibility? Absolutely. Is it nice having everything that you need with you? Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, but there's this thing called Walmart, and they're practically in every city. And you could also go to a Walmart and grab anything that you might need. So you don't need to have, you don't need to be a turtle and travel with everything with you necessarily. One of the things I loved about RVing full time is having my home with me wherever I want. Um, I really enjoyed it. Now, would I do it for my whole life? No. Yeah. Most people don't. The average that people full-time RV, believe it or not, is about 2.5 years. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and that's the highest average, about 22%. Yeah. 50% jump into full-time and they fail within the first six months uh, because they lot. didn't properly plan. They bought too much RV. They spent too much money. And they didn't budget c- correctly no. or they didn't have the money to actually do it to to you know to live the lifestyle that they wanted to live absolutely because yes have we seen beautiful destinations yeah i mean what i trade it for the world absolutely beautiful absolutely not but the amount of time that we spent in a beautiful place having that moment versus the work and the amount of time that went into having that moment mm-hmm. it is disproportionate and you could traverse a lot more land a lot faster by air you know uh, we we have a good friend that uh quit rving to do cruises that's awesome the food's included you're not dealing with your poop pipes I yeah mean, but you're saying that but after covid hit it was a huge there were no spike cruises. because people didn't want to go cruises people didn't want yep. to fly in a plane I agree. so we watched the greatest boom in the yep. rv lifestyle in the industry of all time in America. Yep. Um, and, and people didn't want to go with other people. And, yep. and, and it exploded. But people didn't do the proper research yep. and arm themselves with the facts about what the life is really like to, to make a good decision for themselves and their family. People really got interested in the idea of buying an RV for them and their family mm-hmm. and being able to make trips. It is yep. wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. the RV industry jacked prices up through the roof yep. because there was record sales going on in 2019, 2020, 2021. Yep. Explosive prices. People were jumping in, doing 30-year loans on a, a depreciable asset that is, is just not a good idea. Yep. And then that same RV that they spent $100,000, $300,000 on sits next to the house. You collecting know, dust. Yeah, just collecting dust. And yep. they don't get out in it ever. 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 Yeah. No. And then the gear. The gear that you have to buy. You would think that just buying the RV, you're set. No. There's a lot of gear you have to have to, you know, to to, to do it, to do the lifestyle safely. We saw some of the most beautiful places in this country. It's an experience I would never take back. Great job, as always, from the RV Odd Couple. You know... It's my hope that you will go into RVing with an open mind and a reasonable understanding of what you are getting into. RVing's great, but it can also suck from time to time. But overall, millions of people love doing it. But as I've said before, listening to people who have been there, done that, before you go spend a ton of money can help prevent you from making an expensive mistake. To learn more about the RV Odd Couple, just look them up on YouTube. They're everywhere. Or go to our website at thervshowusa.com. 
All right, they're giving me the signal to wrap it up. But before we do, to get the latest version of my free RV report showing you how to save thousands of dollars when buying a new RV and learn how to not get ripped off, you can download it right now on our website. Yes, you can at thervshowusa.com. And remember, if you're looking for a great RV dealer to do business with, I hope you'll check out those of the RV Dealers I Trust Network, providing the absolute best buying and ownership experience ever. Go to rvdealersitrust.com. And finally, a special thanks to you for joining me around our virtual campfire. Till next time, I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.